Are you ready for the latest Habs news, passionate debates, and in-depth analysis from hockey experts around the league? It's the most informative and interactive podcast about the Montreal Canadiens. This is the Canadiens Connection Podcast, featured on allhabs.net, with your hosts, Joe Whalen and Rick Stevens. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Joseph Whale, and I'm going to be your host for the next hour. And uh, this is episode 66 of the Canadians Connection podcast, the no player in franchise history has ever worn number 66 edition of the Canadians Connection podcast. <laughs> and I am uh, pleased to be joined, as always, in studio by the editor in chief, the founder of Rocket Sports Media, and my co host. For this podcast, he wears many many hats, folks. Uh, Mr. Rick Stevens, uh, how are you doing on this fine day, Rick? I'm doing just great, Joe. Thanks for asking. Hope you're doing well too. We're into the new year. We're into the second half of the the NHL season, and it's uh, now things start to get uh, interesting and and very exciting for uh, for most teams. Yeah, I mean, you'd love to see that calendar flip into the new year because then you know things are going to start heating up in the playoff races. Going to be paying extra close attention to uh, some teams coming down the stretch. And uh, it's always fun when the playoffs are just a little bit, just, just a little bit further ahead on that road, but you can see them. They're coming up and uh, the trade deadline as well. Always a fun time of year. And we're going to be discussing uh, the playoffs and the trade deadline uh, on this podcast, among other things. Um, but uh, it's, it's been a eventful week, Rick. Uh, since last we spoke, the Montreal Canadiens have played four games. Um, they, did not win any of them. Uh, they have uh, found themselves out. Now stop me if this sounds familiar, but the Montreal Canadiens have gone winless in their last eight games. Um, they started off. I think we had one week. of those. I think, I think we had one of those uh, that, that might've happened before. I, I don't remember when it was exactly, but I think it, I think it might've happened uh, this season, but <laughs> the Montreal Canadiens have played four games since we last spoke. And, they were against the Pittsburgh Penguins, the Winnipeg Jets, the Detroit Red Wings, and the Edmonton Oilers. And they started off last Saturday at home against the Penguins. Um, Arturi Lekkinen, he had two goals in that game. That was a that was a nice a nice start for the uh, for the Canadians last Saturday. Uh, Nick Suzuki, unfortunately, in overtime, uh, they he makes a, a poor decision, makes a line change without possession of the puck, and uh, it led to Brandon Tanev scoring the game winner. In OT, no chance for Carey Price there. Um, and, you know, it, it's it's unfortunate that uh, those lessons need to be learned. But, I mean, in the case of Nick Suzuki, he's been great. And, you know, that was just something that you learn and you move on and you know not to do it next time. And, and Nick Suzuki is a smart enough player that you, you know that he's not going to do it a second time. Um, but then they move on and play against the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, ben Chirot picked up two goals against his former team. Ilya Kovalchuk picked up his first point as a have in his debut. Uh, but the Canadians, unfortunately, do lose that one as well. And uh, they lose that one 3-2. to two. Um, They move on to a game down in Detroit at Little Caesars Arena. Uh, Canadians led 2-1 to one entering the third period. Uh, they allowed three goals in the third. And then they lost to the worst team in the league for a third time this season. And then to clue it all up, they play the best player in the world and Connor McDavid 
the uh, Edmonton Oilers and the Canadians jump out to a two goal lead. They enter the third with a, a two to one lead. Stop me if that sounds familiar. Uh, but then they allow three goals in a period and they lose again. So you might be detecting a bit of a theme here uh, with the third period. But uh, the Montreal Canadiens, uh, they come out of this week and they come out of this last stretch of eight games with the only point they've they've been able to accumulate in that in that loss to the Pittsburgh Penguins in overtime. It uh, it's not been a uh, fun eight games for anyone involved, and uh, you know players talking about it as being really demoralizing to you know kind kind of enter the third period with leads and have them slip away like they have. I mean Claude Julien talking about the guys. Um, not packing it in yet, but it's it's getting it's getting to the point now where you can sort of feel the frustration, especially radiating off of Carey Price, who uh, did not seem uh, very impressed with how things have been going as of late. Uh, it, it's just it's not a fun environment right now for uh, the Montreal Canadiens, is it? It isn't, and uh, I think that um, even more so than uh, Carey Price's frustration with uh, results, as he. Uh, calls it uh, his frustration with the media and the kinds of questions he's being asked. And that, that extends to, to many of the players. And it also extends to Claude Julien, who's been uh, rather testy with the, um, the media this week. Um, and it's, it's, it's understandable that um, the, the team, um, you know, just doesn't seem to have uh, what it needs uh, to compete that, uh, uh, and and now, as as you said, uh, going into its second um, eight game losing streak, the first in in November, um, and 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 now again in in uh, December January, uh, uh, an eight game losing streak. Uh, the Canadians in their past twenty six games um, have won just seven. Uh, so we can understand um, uh, the, the the frustrations and 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 how they're building, particularly because, um, you know, this, this, this season was supposed to be better than last season. This season, they were supposed to take uh, steps beyond where they were last year. Uh, and it's clear that um, that's, that's not going to happen. Um, I, think, I think this week, um, there was always, um, even amongst the fans, and, and there was always that chance, and, and there was always that um, referencing St. Louis and, and the second half that they had. And I think a lot of the frustration comes from the, the reality that the Montreal Canadiens are not going to make the playoffs um, uh, again uh, for the, the third season in a row uh, for the fourth time in the past five years. Uh, the Canadiens will not make the playoffs this season. Uh, that's that's uh, been abundantly clear. Yeah. And and you referenced the the eight game winless streak in November. I mean, you can call it a losing streak. Honestly, just call it what it is. Like Yvonne Cornier said, overtime losses don't that that doesn't count. It's a losing streak. Um, <laughs> but you referenced that, and I think that that was that was the that was foreshadowing what was to come, really. Because I mean, that was a stretch where the Montreal Canadiens it was a home dominant part of their schedule against weaker competition, and they weren't able to play well enough to get those results. And I don't think eight game winless streak should happen at all in, in your schedule. I think you should probably be able to flip a coin and, and, and get one of those results. But if it does happen, 
you you are able to you should be able to look back at your schedule and say well you know what we beat the teams that we were supposed to beat so right now we're just not having anything go our way but we we took care of business when we were supposed to take care of business and now even though it's not ideal you deal with the losing streak when it happens and it it happens for every team every team goes through something uh, some type of adversity and right now we've seen it for a second time with the Montreal Canadiens where it's stretched out to eight games. And, you know, it's it's understandable that people want to take some sort of moral victory out of this one because the quality of competition has increased a little bit from where it was the last time the Canadians went through this. And they're playing, uh, you know, tighter with the Tampa Bay. I know that that was a game that people like to cite, that game at home against the Tampa Bay Lightning where – they were, you know, suppose they were right there, even though, you know, the Lightning got a lot of high danger scoring opportunities and the Habs got a lot of quantity onto Andre Vasilevsky and the Tampa Bay Lightning net. But, you know, you uh, moral victories obviously don't mean much to the Montreal Canadiens. They don't mean anything to Carey Price, Shea Weber. It's, it's a difficult thing to, to watch this kind of unfold. And, and because we've been through this, we know that it's difficult to look at a bright spot or pick out bright spots from a losing streak like this one. But I just wanted to take a, take a moment and highlight two guys that I think in the midst of this awful stretch for the Montreal Canadiens, I think that these two guys have been fantastic. I think that they have played to their, the best of their capabilities. And that is Arturi Lekkanen and Jesperi Kotkaniemi. And Arturi Lekkanen, as I said, he picked up two goals against the Pittsburgh Penguins. He's got four goals, or excuse me, four points in the last four games played for the Montreal Canadiens. He picked up those two against the Penguins. He almost had a third on Matt Murray. Um, he picked up a goal against the uh, Red Wings, and then he assisted on Jesperi Kotkaniemi's goal against the Oilers. And also in that Oilers game, he stripped Connor McDavid of the puck on the penalty kill, which if, you know, ask Morgan Riley, that's not an easy thing to do because <laughs> Connor McDavid makes defensive players look foolish on a night-to-night basis. And Arturi Lekkanen is a very good defensive player who managed to strip him of the puck. And, and that's something that, uh, that deserves a lot of credit. Um, he's been playing nothing. He's, he's been playing fantastic. There's no other way to put it. He has been per, like, he's been everything the Montreal Canadiens have needed since they've been sort of depleted by these injuries. And as for Yosperi Kotkaniemi, I think that this is the most confident that we have seen him play. He is not playing just with a level of confidence we've not seen. He's playing with a level of conviction that we've not seen. He is more confident in what he is doing when he has the puck on his stick. And I think that if this is going to be a lost season, which looks increasingly more likely by the day, by the game, then you should take a little bit of time and just say, you know what, we're going to throw you a Sperry Kotkaniemi over the boards because this is going to be huge for his development going forward. And, I mean, since he's come back from that concussion that he suffered against the Avalanche after that Nikita Zadorov hit, I don't know if you would call it a hit, more of like a hit plus a trip. It, it was a weird It was a weird play, but... Regardless, he's come back, and I think he's been playing the best hockey, and, and we know that he's, he's struggled with the groin injury. Then with that, it's not been an easy go of it for Jesperi Kotkaniemi, but since he's returned, he's been playing really, really well. He has. Um, and and uh, 
Listen, he's doing things um, away from the puck uh, yeah. really well. Um, he's forechecking well. He's creating turnovers. He's making defensive plays. Um, he's engaged more. And I think, uh, as you said, when he returned um, uh, that that matchup first with Paling uh, and then with Arturi Lekkanen and, and, you know, Arturi Lekkanen, um, I think he's he's one of those players – uh, certainly on the Canadians, that there's the, the biggest disparity when you talk to fans or, or even the Montreal media versus if you talk to hockey people in what they see. And Arturi Lekkanen is one of the most valuable players on the Montreal roster because anyone he plays with, he makes better. And that's just a simple fact. Yeah. Um, and for those wanting to see more offense uh, out of him, uh, 10 goals, so he, he could be on track for uh, 18 uh, this season, which which would match his high, um, but but Kakinyemi and and yeah that that uh, Kakinyemi sixth goal um, came on a beautiful feed from from Lekkonen. yeah. Um, but we have to remember, um, and I think because he's already played a, um, a full season in in the National Hockey League, that people forget that that currently he's the fifth youngest player in the in the NHL um and I I I I see things you know trade him uh comparing him to Zadina and Zadina did score the other night um in the Detroit game comparing him to Kachuk um uh saying that 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 Kakinyemi should be sent down to Laval uh, which is is um, you know, comes from people who obviously don't know uh, the AHL. Kanyemi is is um, is finding his way through his sophomore season, and and he's done it with some uh, changes to to himself, uh, uh, some some injury issues, um, and with more opportunity, as you say, um, uh, I, I I'd I'd like to see that so he can continue to to grow um, because he's been since Christmas, he's been very impressive. And I mean, I think back to the 2016 season and, you know, the last time the Montreal Canadians had that third overall pick, they used it on Alex Galchenyuk, who we discussed a couple of weeks ago And that 2016 season. I, I was adamant and I, and I expressed this many times that that was a season that you used as a point where at, at a certain point you acknowledge that you are not going to be a playoff team. So you give Alex Galchenyuk, every opportunity to, to get to the 30 goals that he eventually got and, and to play, you know, more minutes at center ice. And that's something that the Montreal Canadiens, I think they're going to have to navigate that in the coming weeks as they realize that maybe their, their opportunity to make the playoffs has maybe passed them by. Um, so we're going to discuss that now in just a moment, but yeah, I, I've been really, and, and the part of Yasperi Kotkaniemi, as you said, he's doing things away from the puck. And the thing that kept me encouraged, even as he was going through those, those slumps, was that he would still do those things. He would still, and, and just before he got injured against, in that game against Colorado, he got reunited with Lekin and Armia. And we saw that the flashes again, though, those three guys together, is, is just a really good line, a really good possession line. And we saw the things that Yasperi Kotkaniemi is capable of doing. And the thing that the, the bright spot is that he still, he still does all of those things. So when you get the points from him, you get that production from him, that beautiful shot over the shoulder of uh, Mike Smith, you see that there's, there's still more to come from Yasperi Kotkaniemi. 
and and that's undoubtedly uh, in in this eight game stretch that's been a bright spot. Um, but yes, as we as we said, we're we're going to discuss the, the playoff races, the standings, and the chances of the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, if you know the, the the chances of them making the playoffs, which have gotten a little bit slimmer uh, since last week, but uh, the uh, as as currently right now the the standings look like this. The Atlantic Division, you have Boston still in first place with 63 points, Tampa Bay with 56 points in second place, and then right behind them you have the Leafs with 54 points in that third spot. And then the wild card, you have Carolina with 54 points, Philadelphia with 52 points. Right behind them uh, you have the Florida Panthers, who are also a a division rival for the Canadians with 51 points. And then you have to go down a little bit further on the list to find the Montreal Canadiens currently with 43 points. Um, So when you look at it now for the Montreal Canadiens, what are their chances to make the playoffs? Well, they're not good. Um, um, (laughs) Current projections have the Canadians with a 3% um, chance of making the playoffs and projected to finish the season with 84 points. Um, uh, That's uh, 12 fewer than, than last season uh, where they didn't make the playoffs either. So, um, uh, you know, there, there's, there's, um, there, it's just not, not going to happen. Um, the Canadians are currently uh, nine points out of a wild card spot. Um, and that wild card spot belongs to Philadelphia. Uh, and that doesn't sound necessarily to, you know, uh, the average person is insurmountable. Um, but there are four teams between the Canadians um, and and uh, the Flyers, uh, that that being uh, Florida, Columbus, the Rangers, and Buffalo, and and so it's difficult to make up ground. Um, and if they're nine points out of a, a wild card, they're only six points out of thirtieth overall. Um, with with as we said, the second of, of an eight game losing streak, just one win in their last 10, um, you know, since Christmas, they're Oh, six and one. It's, 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 it's been difficult and fans are paying attention and, and uh, with, with playoffs, not uh, maybe on the horizon, we've seen uh, it affect the, um, uh, uh, the bell center. And, and uh, we haven't seen sellouts, uh, probably half of the fo- of the home games have not been sold out um at the bell center so um this is this is um i i think has become the reality of this of this week uh that the canadians will will miss the playoffs and 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 so that i mean that that uh doesn't have to turn into um uh, a lost season there can be ways there can be ways of dealing with it to um, uh, you know, uh, get some some good out of it. But I think in doing so, you have to um, kind of analyze what's the identity of of or what was intended to be the identity, or what what are the characteristics of of the the 2019 uh, 20 uh, Montreal Canadiens, and 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 what do we keep seeing? And and certainly uh, the beginning of the season was was characterized by bad defensive play and and that comes from the fact that little was done to shore up the the defense uh over over the last two off seasons um 
now it's moved into the fact that they're they're making bad decisions uh, all over the ice, and that that comes from a team who's fragile, who has a uh, a lack of confidence. Um, we talked about home ice. Uh, another reason uh, for poor attendance is uh, they have a losing record on on home ice, um, and that's that's uh, rather meaningful as well. That that you, you're not going to make the playoffs when you have a losing record at home. Um, the Canadians, as we saw this week, are, are are one of the worst third period teams with a lead in the National Hockey League. And it was Brandon Gallagher who said the third period has to be your best period, and it certainly has not been the case um, this season. Um, we've seen that that the Canadians uh, are giving up way too many high-danger scoring chances when they make mistakes. Uh, the opposition gets uh, a shot from um, a high-danger scoring area. When the Canadians uh, take advantage of an op- opposition mistake, it usually comes their shot comes from the perimeter. Um, and and we've seen that that yes, indeed, there you know Julian is the Corsi king, and 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 they've been taking more shot attempts. The Canadians, that is, typically than than most other teams, but. Um, do you know how many heat maps I've looked at this season where the, the greatest intensity of Canadian shots is out by, by the blue line or, or along the wall? Um, they're just not getting quality opportunities or creating quality opportunities, and that's that's got to be um, part of the system. So um, there's all kinds of things going wrong, and, and, um, and we'll have an opportunity to break them, break them down even further. But I think... Um, if you want to get some value out of the season, um, now's the time to be uh, looking at those things and uh, trying to um, set your roster and, and uh, uh, your lineups in order, to, uh, in, in order to have a learning experience for the rest of the year. Yeah, and I mean, one of the ways you can do that, is, as we, we talked about with Yasperi Kotkaniemi, is give young players those opportunities. Another way you can do that is using this time to allow players who may have been dealing with injuries throughout the season to heal up properly and give them all the time necessary for them to come back and make sure that you have those important pieces for next season. And something that was, you know, um, a little bit concerning that has developed over the last 48 hours or so, um, you mentioned Brendan Gallagher. He returned in that game against the uh, Edmonton Oilers and, uh, that was only nine days after he suffered the concussion against the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, and the Canadians, as I mentioned, they lose that game. But uh, the next day, uh, Claude Julien met with the media and said that Gallagher had been dealing with some headaches. Were They weren't entirely sure if it was related to the concussion or with you know another virus, perhaps um, something that, that might be just a, a normal headache. We, we don't know. And we still don't know. Arpan Basu, the athletic tweeted out a little while ago that they haven't determined what's wrong or whether it's headaches are concussion related. Um, but I mean, nine days isn't a large sample size to come to the conclusion that somebody is prepared to play a game of hockey. I, I wanted to give the Canadians medical staff and the organization, the benefit of the doubt with, when it comes to handling a concussion, but um, it's it's difficult because concussions can change on a day-to-day basis. 
And I feel like nine days may have been a little bit too small of a sample size to see that. Do you think that I'm, I'm, I'm in line to say that? Well, um, I, I think we have to put it in, in context. And we know uh, that the Canadians have, uh, don't have a very good track record of um, acknowledging concussions and, and helping players through that concussion protocol. And particularly Claude Julien um, is, is very reluctant to acknowledge concussions. Um, And um, you know, if, if, if it's unclear uh, where, where the, what the root of the concussion is, what, what the root of the, the headaches are, uh, and if there's a possibility of a concussion, why not err on, on and, and just say, okay, um, it would make sense. He only missed four games, as you said, um, um, uh, with that, because of the headaches that he was um, receiving. Um, and there seems to be always this effort to, um, you know, blame it on something else or, or it's not that, that serious, uh, those kinds of things. And, and listen, um, I, I don't think this is the kind of case that can be left in the hands of the player, Brandon Gallagher, particularly Brandon Gallagher is going to want to play. Uh, but for his own sake, um, the, uh, the team has to, uh, make that decision. What's best for him. Cause he knows he, he's one of the, the leaders on the team. Uh, he knows that his, his team is uh, struggling, um, is frustrated. Uh, he wants to help uh, when he can. And he, he did help uh, when he came yeah. back for the one game, played 17 minutes and, and uh, had an assist, four shots, a couple of hits. Um, he, he did what he could, but you can't risk um, his long-term health. Um, you know, he was back, uh, with a tinted visor and, 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 um, but, but the, 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 the kind of game that he plays and the jostling you take. And I mean, you can easily make the, the connection that, uh, the next morning he, he wouldn't be feeling, uh, very good if, uh, he still had, uh, concussion symptoms and, um, it, it's, it's it's tough, and and you know the, uh, Gallagher's not the only injury. There's there's uh, a, a a list more as well. Yeah, and I mean Ben Chirot's not going to play tonight, and and he's been dealing with with a, a lower body issue, and and it's 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 kind of mounting. It's getting to the point now, and and we've been looking at Joel Armia as another guy. We've been looking at Jonathan Drouin, Paul Byron as guys who've been dealing with injuries as well. And it's, you know, and it's not to be used as an excuse as we talked about that last week, but the Montreal Canadians have, have been dealing with um, injuries to, to guys. And, and certainly they've not been able to find their footing after those injuries. Um, and, and it's tough because I mean, last year we, we talked about how they didn't have to deal with that really beyond Shea Weber. Um, they didn't have that issue and they, and they were, were fortunate enough that they had, guys have career years and they didn't have this many injuries. Um, but uh, unfortunately now the uh, Montreal Canadiens fortunes have turned for the worst, uh, for the worst this season with uh, respect to injuries, but um, it'll be, yeah, it's yet to be determined at this point, whether or not Gallagher is still having those symptoms because of the concussion or not. So uh, we'll wait and see on that one. But uh, um, just, but, to, yeah. just to be clear that the Gallagher uh, won't play tonight against no. Ottawa, yeah. as you said, Sherratt won't play. 
Uh, Petrie didn't practice on Friday, but uh, that was that was seen as a a therapy day and and expect yeah. him in the lineup. Um, Duran and, and Armia, um, it was announced that they won't be back until after the All Star break, and and that's uh, that's reasonable. And and Paul Byron, um, uh, it was suggested that he had a bit of a setback, and and uh, he hasn't uh, even started skating again. So. Um, again, um, there are injury issues and, and, um, if the Canadians, um, are not making the playoffs, um, uh, management shouldn't be in a rush to, uh, bring these people back. But on the other hand, as you said, um, they shouldn't use this as an excuse. Um, again, uh, Canadians, uh, we, we said it last week, Canadians are middle of the pack, 16th most man yeah. games lost uh, to injury in the NHL. And if you look at, at the number of uh, the dollar value, if that has some sort of correlation with uh, the importance in your lineup, they're about mid midway uh, in the NHL. Um, you know, um, Paul Byron uh, with all due respect, hasn't been a factor this year. Um, Jonathan Drouin uh, had a, had a very good start and, and most of his best play was on the third line. Um, as far as Armia and Gallagher, those were, were players that were, they, the Habs were already out of the, the playoffs uh, when they got their injuries. So um, if we're looking at, if we're looking at the fact that the Canadians, uh, if we're going to blame injuries, um, haven't been able to absorb the injury of, one top nine player, um, then it's just a poorly assembled roster. Um, that that's yeah. the only conclusion you can come to. Yeah, and uh, you mentioned uh, Claude Julian there before as well with his you know uh, reluctance in uh, you know confirming and and, and talking about concussions. Um, one thing that that's become clear as well, and and this is going to be something as we talked about that will become increasingly more important is the handling of young players. And this week we saw Kale Fleury have a rough game against the Winnipeg Jets. Um, Puck sort of bounced on him at the blue line. And uh, unfortunately the uh, Jets went back the other way and scored on that one. And also, you know, somebody that is, that has been uh, very, very confident in his ability to uh, lay the body against his opponents uh, went for a big hit on Adam Lowry and kind of took the brunt of that one. It, it wasn't the best game from Kale Fleury. Um, However, the response from Claude Julien the next game against the Detroit Red Wings, which was sitting him in the press box, arguably maybe a, a bit worse than than what uh, you know the the crimes committed by you know by uh, by Kale Fleury in that game against the Jets. Yeah, um, yes, he made uh, mistakes, but uh, you know there was some good stuff too, and for him to sit and. Um, be left to think about his mistake and uh, instead putting in uh, Brett Kulak, who uh, made a couple of mistakes on his own yeah. that cost, uh, <laughs> that, that cost uh, the Canadians uh, in the following game. I mean, uh, Claude Julien has been uh, with younger players. He, he, um, his tendency is to punish them. We've seen that with, with Nick Suzuki. We've seen that with uh, Ryan Paling. Uh, we've seen that with Jesperi Kakinyemi, who um, you know almost inexplicably played uh, two minutes in the first period a um, couple of games ago, and and um, it, it just 
you know, we talk about teaching and, 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 and instilling confidence and putting players in the best position uh, to have success. And, and Claude Julien's response is punish them, uh, punish them. And uh, we, we, we have a, we have a clip here that kind of, it's, it's a different team, but it kind of emphasizes that point. Yeah. And, and maybe, maybe Claude Julien uh, would be best served to take some advice from comedy legend uh, Larry David when Larry David gave his two cents on uh, David Quinn's benching of uh, Capo Caco. So uh, take a listen. Now, uh, I don't need any well, why, why did he bench Caco in that uh, that third period after he scored? First goal in Why 14, do I love hearing him say that? First goal <laughs> in 14 games. Add an assist. He benches him because he takes a bad penalty. Right. Come on, that's ridiculous. But you got to learn when you take the bad penalties. You can't be out there in these one-goal games. Every game is important. I can't believe I'm breaking down hockey with Larry Dane. But you, but you think putting him on the bench is going to make him – you don't think he knows that he took a bad penalty? He knows. Benching him is going to do anything. They need another He's goal. He's done a good job. I'm not going to question Quinn. Wow. Homer. He's 18 years old. You are such a fraud. <laughs> <laughs> he won't question his team. That's yeah. brilliant. <laughs> I, listen, I think we'd all be best served to take some advice from Larry David on just like on life in general. But in that instance, you you, you hear a very important thing there, and I think that that might be something that the Montreal Canadiens could could do and and could benefit from is understanding that in the moment, in that moment, in that game against the Winnipeg Jets, Kale Fleury is well aware that he you know he did not. Uh, you know, play that at the blue line very well, but he's going to learn from that. And it would have been a great message to send if you play him on the road in Detroit and say, listen, those are going to happen. It happens to everybody. It happens to veterans. It happens to rookies. It happens to everybody, but we're not going to punish you for that. We're going to let you play through that and learn through that. And, you know, unfortunately, and Kale Fleury's spoken about this. Uh, we talked about it earlier this season where he says, I don't know, you know, maybe it's just because I'm a young guy. I'm, I'm getting sat out. And, and, you know, you have Brett Kulak going in and, and playing in his place on the road in, in Detroit. At, at, at this point in the season, I think that to do that is, is a disservice to Kale Fleury. Uh, uh, absolutely. Um, and 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 it's 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 not only the the punishment, but it's the communication, uh, as as you said. And, and we've heard um, uh, Fleury and others say that, um, you know, I. I I guess it's just my turn because I'm a young guy. I have to sit out yeah. and, and sitting there ruminating and, and watching, um, you know, players know, uh, watching Kulak make mistakes and knowing you could be in there and knowing you're s- sitting down. It, it just strips the confidence uh, from, from all players, but particularly young players. Yeah, and uh, we're going to talk about, in, in segment two coming up, we're going to talk about problems and solutions for the Montreal Canadiens going forward. Before we go to break, though, uh, last night uh, some, some news came out that uh, you know I'm sure shocked every Canadian to their core, which was that, unfortunately, Neil Peart uh, passed away at 67 years old after a... Uh, a battle with 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 brain cancer and um you know it was it, it's just heartbreaking news uh, a legend um you know i remember him playing the hockey song on tsn the it was mm-hmm. just that that was just he was an incredible incredible drummer and uh, i know that you think incredibly highly of him as well 
Absolutely, and and uh, will go down as as uh, one of the best uh, drummers and musicians in in uh, rock history. Um, he was he was a, a musical drummer. He was a storyteller, uh, brilliant, uh, well read. Uh, he was known as the professor, and uh, yeah. uh, it's it's um, and you know with Rush, a member of the, the Rock and Roll Royal Hall of Fame, and and. Uh, just uh, very sad, and we 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 wanted to uh, to mention and pay tribute um, to uh, a a great Canadian. Absolutely, and and sending our condolences to uh, to all of his loved ones and uh, his soul brothers, as it was put in uh, the press release uh, put out last night. But uh, yep, yeah, sending our thoughts and prayers, and uh, as we head to break, we're thinking of uh, Neil Parrott and his and his loved ones. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. We are specifically interested in individuals who have education and or experience in the following areas. Sports writing, translation, editing, forum administration, social media administration, multimedia, graphic design, web development and user support, event planning, and sponsorship and marketing. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are located in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the Laval Rockets more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net. And we're back here on the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, and uh, we, we've got a we've got a caller on the line, Rick. We do, and we encourage you to to uh, give us a call when you have something on your mind uh, at the Canadians Connection. Our number is two one three nine four three thirty seven fifty four. That's two one three nine four three thirty seven fifty four. Or text us. Text us uh, anytime during the week. Seven days a week, twenty-four hours a day at five eight five three rocket. That's five eight five three rocket. But we're fortunate uh, to be on the line with um, uh, a, a fabulous, passionate uh, uh, Habs fan who finds himself in uh, San Francisco, the the Bay Area. Uh, Lex, we're we're so happy that uh, you could join us on on the show today. And uh, 
we understand that, that you're bringing a bit of Montreal to um, um, Southern California. Yeah, uh, Northern California. Northern California. Um, but we Sorry. are, yes. Uh, no worries. It's okay. We're, we get a little testy about, you know, the L.A. Bay Area rivalry. <laughs> um, but, yeah, uh, we, uh, we have a uh, Augie's Montreal Deli here in Berkeley, California, which is just across the bay from San Francisco, just a, a little bit north of Oakland. And uh, we're selling, like, proper Montreal uh, smoked meat. We uh, get the uh, proper poutine, learn from smoked meat Pete O'Neill Perot, went and stayed with him for, like, two months, worked for free to learn the techniques. We've got squeaky cheese. My brother, Andres, shout out to him, who's uh, living in Montreal right now. He sends me a Saint-Hubert gravy. And wow. uh, my uncle John in Victoria Ooh. also does. So we bring the real deal. We get people proper poutine, especially for expat Canadians who can't get it down here. And uh, yeah, it's been going well. We're kind of we're, we're we're the Habs headquarters here from Northern California. So uh, Hockey Night in Canada, we got guys in their Habs and families in their Habs jerseys. Sometimes even some Leafs, and I hate to admit it, but sometimes <laughs> some Bruins jerseys. We got to do what we got to do to, to make oh, money. Man. Hanging out, drinking Molson, drinking Moosehead, watching hockey. So. Uh, it's uh, it's definitely fun, and uh, if there's anybody out there in California or even the United States that needs to get some smoked meat, we ship across the country. So they can always reach out to us at AugiesMontrealDeli.com, and we can hook them up and give them a little taste of home. Perfect. Um, yeah, AugiesMontrealDeli.com. That's the that's the place uh, uh, that uh, to go. And and as you say, it's it's uh, it's a great pl- uh, place to uh, watch a game, but it's more fun to watch a game. Uh, when the Canadians are winning, and they haven't been doing that, we we talked in the the first segment about the the eight game winless streak. We've talked about the fact that um, pretty clear that the team won't be making the playoffs this year. And uh, but we want to talk about kind of next steps. And and earlier this week, Elliot Friedman, Hockey Night in Canada, said uh, I'm going to find his quote here. Uh, said I see a team, and talking about the Montreal Canadiens, that something is coming. I don't know if it's the coach. I don't know if it's a big trade. I just get the sense that this team is just drowning right now. Um, so, you know, I, I think that there's a pretty good sense that uh, Claude Julien uh, is not going to be coaching the, the Montreal Canadiens this season. Uh, there's a lot of fans that would like to see Mark Bergevin out. Uh, we kind of wanted to, to listen to your uh, thoughts on, on those questions and if there's an opportunity, if there's vacancies with respect to uh, coaching and, and uh, with respect to the general manager, um, do you see the Canadians or would you want to see the Canadians go about it in the same old way they've always done? Or do you have something else in mind? Well, let me preface my comments with this. Okay. As, as, as a Canadian, as a very proud Montrealer, uh, again, families from Montreal, spent my summers there, went to the McGill Hockey School. I, I love Quebec. I, my family loves it. I love the French influence. I love the fact that we have a, a province in Canada where the primary language is French. I speak some French. I'm, I'm a huge fan of it. I think it makes the city and the province so unique, uh, not only in Canada and North America, but the world, which is phenomenal. Um, and I respect it and I love it. And when I go there, I try to speak as much French as I possibly can because I just like being immersed in the culture. So let me preface it with that. I've got a Montreal deli. If you want to come in and order in French, I'll take your order in French. We can have a conversation in French. Our sign is bilingual. So let me just preface my comments with that. But at the same time, it's 2020. We have all kinds of technologies that we can use. And look, I I make the business analogy that in my business, in any business, you want to hire the best possible candidates that you can. You don't want to hire based on 
what they look like, what their background is, uh, where they came from. You want to hire the best possible candidates. And I'm just sick and tired of this quote-unquote rule that the Montreal Canadiens, one of the most proud franchises in all of sports, is handcuffed by the fact that we can't hire a coach, that Mr. Molson can't go out and hire a coach who is a great coach based on being a coach and not the fact that he speaks French fluently. And I just, again, back in the day, I understood it. You have to appeal to your fan base. You have to be able to communicate with the fan base. I get it. But with Google Translate, with the technology that we have, I, I, I think that it's not a good way to run a business. And I'm fed up. I want to see the best possible candidates get opportunities. I mean, look, you get rid of Julien, who are you going to bring in? You're going to bring in Terrier, you're going to bring in Vigneault, you're going to bring in Boucher because they speak French. Uh, you're going to bring Bob Hartley back from, where is he, in the KHL right now? <laughs> yeah, I want to yeah. see a guy like, and look, it didn't work out with Toronto, but like, I wouldn't mind seeing a guy like, a, just to throw the name out there, Mike Babcock, okay? Yeah, he's had his issues, but look, he's a McGill grad, he has love for Montreal, he's obviously a great hockey coach, everybody knows that. I just, I, 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 there needs to be a change. And they're not going to get over the hump. And, and I think that that small change, just even with the coaching, will, will have a fundamental effect on the entire franchise and that it's time for us to win again. 1993 was a long time ago, boys. And again, yeah. we're, we're not the uh, Phoenix Coyotes. We're not the Anaheim Ducks. This is the Montreal freaking Canadiens the proudest franchise in the NHL, and it's time for them to do whatever they can do to win. And I've heard the argument from people, oh, well, it's bad business. If you don't have a French coach, people won't show up. Guess what? If the Canadians are contending for a Stanley Cup, I don't care if you're English or French or from the Congo or from Haiti, you're going to be juiced that your team is winning. And that's the business of sports is to win. That's how you – again, yeah. if I sell a bad sandwich, it doesn't matter if I sell it speaking French or English or Spanish or whatever. Nobody's going to show up. i got to put a good product out. And I just feel like the Canadians are not doing that. Mr. Molson is not doing that. And I understand the pressure that he's under. But at a certain point, we've got to get away from this old-style mentality if, if, if we're going to compete in the sports landscape, in the NHL landscape, where, again, the name of the game is winning. So all respect to the, to, to, to the, to the Quebecois, to the French speakers, to the French language, to the French media. But it's time for this team to make that transition and start competing on equal footing with every other franchise in the NHL. I think you make some really great points there. And the one that I think, and and Rick and myself have talked about this, it's hard enough to win in professional sports. And then when you add the fact that you are putting unnecessary limitations on how you can be successful, that is even harder to do. So it's hard enough to cultivate a positive environment, one where winning is, is central to what you are doing. But then when you go that extra step and you have to have things done a certain way, I agree with you. I think that this has been uh, this has been long enough now that we've seen that it is difficult to win a Stanley Cup. It may not have been the Montreal Canadiens were, were you know fortunate enough to win many many Stanley Cups. It's hard to win in the NHL now. It's hard to win championships in professional sports. Period. And I think that's yeah, a I mean, not for nothing. Yeah. Go ahead. The yeah. Canadians also had a great advantage right back in the day. Yep. You get the first pick coming out of Quebec. I mean. Come on, like I mean, that's yep. that's a huge advantage, and now we're putting ourselves at a disadvantage. But uh, management still thinks that we're going to be able to compete and win, for, win win Stanley Cups, and and the fan base thinks that, or some of the fan base thinks that it's just not realistic. Yeah, and 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 some something that I've seen more of on you know on Twitter, on Instagram, people talking about. Well, listen, um, 
you had Gerard Gallant there right on your bench a couple of years ago. And that's a guy that has gone to Vegas and done fantastic things. You know, he had a rough ride in Florida, but went to Vegas, landed on his feet. And that's somebody that, that was a, a, just a fantastic assistant coach for the Montreal Canadiens and somebody that, that maybe could have been uh, in that position if uh, the Montreal Canadiens weren't looking with that sort of narrow view of, of what they could do as it pertains to, to a head coaching position. No, a hundred percent, and it's it, it's we gotta we gotta get beyond that again. Like I said on the radio, nous sommes pas français, nous sommes pas anglais, nous sommes les partisans yeah. de la Canadien de Montréal, and that's first well and done. foremost. And we're all we're all on the on the blue blanc rouge. That's what that's what yeah. we are. That's what we represent. And uh, again, I don't care if you speak Kazakh. You know, I just I just want somebody in there who's gonna make who's gonna be. And look, it's not like. Julie, okay, oh, Julie, he had all these injuries. Look, everybody's got injuries. You look at the beginning of the year, this was a wild card team at best, okay? We weren't going to, we're yeah. not, you're not going to be, Tampa started out slow. Now they're back to where Tampa's supposed to be. Boston's been phenomenal all year. We knew Toronto was going to be a good team. So it, it, it's not like this, it's not like he, he's been, you know, the injuries are all of a sudden causing this team to have, have all these issues. Yeah, it hurts, but all teams have injuries at this point of the year. So I've just seen a lot of mistakes. Uh, I know against that Detroit game, uh, with the power play ending, guys were in the wrong position. That's coaching, man. That's yeah, you got young players, but you got to have these guys disciplined. Got to have them knowing where they're going. I think I heard Julian say the other day, "Yeah, we're not doing a very good job of teaching." Well, that's your job, Claude. Like that's <laughs> what you're supposed to do, dude. That's what you get paid the money to do behind the bench. So if you can't do that, we got to find somebody else to do it. I know people are calling for Bergevin's head. I'm I'm kind of in the in the middle on that because I think actually, look. The PK Subban trade, which I hated, drove me crazy. I was I was calling TSN 690, upset, you know, spending all my long distance money because I was so <laughs> frustrated by it. Probably with how he's been playing lately, has has turned out to be a decent move. He's made some other good moves, the Tatar trade and get Suzuki and and getting rid of Pacioretty, who I actually really liked and thought he got treated kind of unfairly in Montreal, turned out to be good. So I, I just again I think it comes back to this hamstringing the franchise by by limiting your options. And I just, I just don't, I don't see how that's a good way to run a business at all. And look, people like you, I think you said earlier in the segment, people aren't showing up. It's not selling out. Uh, that's from right. a selfish standpoint, yeah. I hope that it's not sold out so I can get to this Toronto game, the uh, second <laughs> week of, of, of uh, February when I'm up in Montreal visiting my brother. But again, I, I, I it's time for us to win. I, I make an interesting comparison being out here in Northern California. The San Jose Sharks can't do a full rebuild. They don't have a good TV contract. They are the fourth, maybe fifth uh, most popular team out here in the Bay Area with football, base, uh, two baseball teams, basketball, even the, the Raiders as they leave off to, to Las Vegas. They, they can't rebuild. They're a, gate, they're a gate-driven franchise. If people don't show up to those games, they don't make any money. I think they have the worst like local TV contract in all the NHL. The Canadians don't have that. Look, it's February in Montreal. What are you going to do? You're going to go see a Habs game because you want to be in that environment. You want to see all of those banners hanging from the Raptors. So they they have an opportunity to actually do a full rebuild and start from scratch. Um, yeah, they're going to see some dwindling attendance, but you still got 23,000. I mean, you got 23,000 seat arena. So even if you lose 6,000 fans, you're still doing as well as you know the San Jose Sharks, for instance, which have a 17,000. Uh, person capacity people are still going to pay for advertising they're still going to have a good television contract so at a certain point uh they can't kind of halfway do it uh the way other franchises have and i just uh, got to get back to glory man got to get back to glory. yeah 
You mentioned the the Sharks, and of course, uh, there have been six uh, coaching changes already uh, this season. Uh, the Sharks being one of them, they fired uh, Pete DeBurr and and brought in Bob Bugner. And, and um, so there is some talent out there. You mentioned Mike Bob, Babcock, um, uh, Peter Laviolette uh, is, is mm-hmm. also out there. Um, uh, John Hines fired by the Devils was just uh, rehired by the Predators. He wasn't out there long. And I think, I think that's the, um, you know, experience seems to be um, in demand of, of, uh, the 31, uh, we, we've said this before, of the 31 teams in the NHL, 20 of them have former NHL head coaches working as assistants right now. So experience is, is obviously something that's of value. And then when you look at the Canadians and, and what some are, are, certainly the Montreal media are talking about the succession plan being Dominic Ducharme or Joel Bouchard, and, and neither of them have enough uh, pro experience and and certainly no head coaching experience in at the NHL level and and um, that's the I think the frustration. Whereas other teams are seeing what's valuable, the Canadians uh, have uh, a whole different set of priorities. Oh, 100 percent. Hey, look, Laviolette, last French last name. What about that? Can we work that in? Is that can there's a loophole there? <laughs> that, yeah. uh, even though he's from Boston, but uh, or, right, I think he's from Massachusetts. Like whatever. Again, best candidate for the job. That's how you got to do anything in business. And there are some good guys out there. Um, I'm I am curious. I, it frustrates me a little bit as an NHL fan to see some of the retreads kind of going back and forth. Coaches kind of going on this carousel. Uh, we'll see what happens. For instance, in the NFL, right? There's a lot of these. There's a kind of a trend to go with young guys who are coming up with new ideas, uh, new new schemes. Um, I'm wondering if that might be something good for the NHL. But again, there's there's a lot of talent out there. I don't think again, I don't think this team was built to win the Stanley Cup this year. I think that's pretty evident to everybody. Everybody knows now that they're not going to go to the the playoffs. But it, it, it's it's how you move forward and it's what you're telling your fan base and the rest of the league how you want to be. And, yeah, look, it's a hard place to play in Montreal. It's harder to get free agents, which is ridiculous because it shouldn't be because it's a great city and a great town. But for whatever reason, you know, high-powered free agents have, have some hesitancy coming here. And I don't know if it's, you know, we like to, uh, in the United States, with this uh, moron we've got running our country, we like to blame the media for everything. So I don't know if you can blame the, uh, blame the Montreal media for that. But <laughs> it's time to start, again, getting to that point where – where we're competing for a stand. It just, it just, it just doesn't make any sense to me with a fan base like this, with a history like this, that the Canadians are middling around in, you know, uh, barely hunting for a playoff spot or getting into the wild card. It just, it, it just, it, it does, we're not, we're not one of those franchises. It's, it's time to, it's time to make some type of change. Um, as far as going forward, I think, I think if they're going to go all in on a rebuild, let's go, let's, let's get, let's send Carrie away. I hate to say it. But goaltenders, the value of a goaltender isn't what it used to be back in the day. You know, Shea Weber has probably got some value that we could get get rid of. And if you're going to go all in, go all in because you have to and you can. Um, so I, I'd like I'd like to see some big moves at the trade deadline. Uh, I want to see if we're going to if you're going to go, let's go. Don't don't half ass it here. Yeah, and that's what? the question of the week that we got here as well with the, the Montreal Canadiens approaching the deadline as a seller which players can Mark Bergevin move by the trade deadline? And I think, I mean, those are, those are two examples there of, of the biggest pieces that the Montreal Canadiens have that you could hope to maybe move one of those guys uh, and get a monster sort of return. But I mean, you look at maybe like a Tomas Tatar, a Jeff Petrie as being pieces with the extra year that they have on their contract. I think that 
you know, and the fact that they've put up career years last year and they might be on their way to doing it again. I think that this is a, an opportunity approaching the trade deadline to, to get a nice package for those two guys as well. Got it. Got it. You got to sell when the value's high. Get yeah. going back to business. You got to, you got to take advantage of that. And, uh, that's that's where they're at. And if Mr. Molson is, is, believes in Bergevin, which again, I'm not as much of a Bergevin hater as a lot of people are, then uh, you gotta you gotta give him the 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 go ahead and the okay to, to 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 make some tough decisions and make some tough moves. If this is really a rebuild, and they're gonna start rebuilding from the ground up, like you guys were saying earlier, there are definitely some pieces uh, that can that can definitely be valuable. Um, I just I, I also hope that they don't rush some of the younger guys like Romanov up too too early because that is that has hurt this team in the past. Um, you know, I, I hate to say the word tank, but do you want to tank and try to increase that 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 draft lottery status? Maybe maybe see if you can get a, a Lafreniere or something like that. I mean, again, the, the Canadians have draft picks available. They haven't given up like the Sharks again. The Sharks have no first round pick. Right? Ottawa's going to have the Sharks yeah. first round pick this year. It's going to be very frustrating. The Canadians have not made those type of moves and have not hamstrung themselves, which I give Bergevin credit for, but you got to get the best value that you can. And, uh, you know, winning another 10 to 15, 20 games isn't necessarily going to do that. Well, listen, Lex, it's been great to have you on. It's great to hear from uh, the views from a business person and also a passionate uh, Canadians fan and, and serving, um, uh, some great product uh, at Augie's Montreal Deli uh, in Northern California, the Bay Area. Uh, it's been a real pleasure to have you. Uh, we hope we can uh, have you back uh, again later in the season. Um, great guest. We really appreciate you taking the time. Hey, by all means, and again, uh, any any Canadians fans, any Canadians coming down to uh, San Francisco Bay Area or going to go Napa and drink some wine, come see us at Augie's Montreal Deli in Berkeley, <laughs> Augie'sMontrealDeli.com. Only one G in Augie, A-U-G-I-E-S, MontrealDeli.com. Come see us, hang out, have a couple of beers. Uh, also on Canada Day, we give Canadians the uh, exchange rate in reverse. So whatever the loony is to the yeah. dollar on uh, July Ooh. 1st, go ahead and you get that discount if you show proof of Canadian citizenship. So this year was like 20% off. So it's a, it's a, it's a pretty good deal for folks who are coming on down. And uh, again, we love our Canadians. Go Habs, go. Thanks for having me on. And uh, maybe I'll uh, see you when we get up there in, in, in February. Uh, again, it's <laughs> nice to go up there in the winter because it reminds me that the cost of living here in the Bay Area, which is so astronomical, is totally worth it because I don't have to shovel my walk. I don't have to scrape <laughs> ice off of my car. Thanks, boys. I appreciate it. Point. Thank you. Yeah. Have a good one. Cheers. Uh, and when we we're going to take a quick break. And uh, as I mentioned, we have the question of the week. Uh, when we come back, we are going to be looking at some responses to the question as a seller, which players can Mark Bergevin move by the trade deadline? Uh, we'll get to those answers after a quick break. Stay with us here on the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked-out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends. Show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. 
Include the hashtag ShowYourHab when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHab.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit Rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us for further details and information regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. We're back here on the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at JoeWayland19. You can follow Rick at All Habs, and you can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, so, Rick, we have the question of the week, which is as a seller, which players can Mark Bergevin move by the trade deadline? And uh, we've gotten some responses here on Twitter. We've got Freddie who says Petrie and Tatar. So high on both. Will it be smart to sign Petrie at 34 after next season? Will he even want to re-sign? Moving him maximizes the asset. Cap space should be used as an asset in any negotiation. Retain salary plus take on unwanted contract or options to improve your return. And and I think that that is that is a good point. And and as I said, you know those are two guys that uh, Petrie and Tatar having an extra year. It's not just a rental. Some some teams like the flexibility of a rental. And, you know, kind of having no ties to the player if you don't want to, you know, re-sign them. But the extra year might increase the return on that on that deal. And and, and as Freddie points out, you can play around with the salaries as well. Uh, you have uh, Samuel Gerber, who uh, went all out with his uh, expected return for some players. You have Nate Thompson, maybe a fourth-round pick or a bottom-six prospect. So fourth-line center is key. You're looking at Ilya Kovalchuk, who maybe the Montreal Canadiens can flip after signing to that contract. Who knows? A fourth at most on his own can add in a nice piece on that though. Uh, Nick Cousins, a fifth, maybe a small add on piece, Charles Sudan, a fifth, Dale Weiss, a sixth, more likely a seventh, but unlikely. And then he points out Jeff Petrie and Tomas Tatar as well as being maybe a first round pick plus and, and maybe some, some nice uh, return for, for those two players. And then he's got the crazy trade that will never happen with Bergevin in charge. Weber going back to Nashville. Habs get a protected first, second in 2020, conditional second in 2021. Kyle Turris, uh, Tur- Frederick Allar, and a B-level uh, forward prospect. So, like Samuel went all out, and I and I respect that <laughs> because I mean those are that's that's a those are pretty specific and on those returns. <laughs> well, see, as uh, uh, Sam is is one of our staff writers, and and uh, we've got a great team at Rocket Sports. They always 
the 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 every every one of our our, our team members uh, you know th- puts their heart and soul into their work. Sam yeah. does the the game day game previews uh, for every game and does a great job on them. And uh, and so he's he's really taken time to think about this, think about the players um, that uh, he'd want uh, Mark Bergevin to move, and and has has even provided. Uh, the re- potential return and a uh, you know an out of the box kind of uh, yeah. thought out of the box kind of trade at the end. Exactly, and 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 like yeah, that's that's the kind of thing is because I'm you seem it, it seems to be that Tomas Tatar and Jeff Petrie are kind of the two that most people would think of being maybe trade assets for the Montreal Canadiens. But yeah, going with you know even some depth pieces and looking at what you might be able to get and stockpile some draft picks for those guys heading into. You know, the draft in Montreal, which is, as we've talked about, has been a, a bit of a focal point for Mark Bergevin and even draft picks going into, you know, 2021 as well. So I'd uh, love to see some some out of the box uh, thinking and even, you know, just going uh, that all in on, on the idea. Love to see that. But uh, what's Facebook saying? Facebook is um, it's I, I must say that that the, the folks on Facebook are not happy with uh, Mark Bergevin and um, and most of them want to move Mark Bergevin before the deadline. They yeah. want Molson to step in. <laughs> I I see that as as more of an off season thing and and uh, you know a yeah. good possibility. But um, uh, Michael McKinnis says, can we move move uh, Mark Bergevin before the trade deadline? Um, and 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 there's there's uh, Don Malosh says uh, Mark Bergevin move move him. Uh, Garth Asham says, never trust Bergevin with any uh, uh, plan going forward. He has failed for eight years, uh, on and on and on. Um, now, there are some. Um, uh, Rodney Barrett says, Weber's stock has never been higher, uh, arguably a, a Norris worthy year. I, you know, I don't see um, I don't see Weber uh, nor uh, Carey Price being moved. If a big trade like that happens, it has to be the off season. And, and that's why the, the word realistically was put into uh, the yeah. question of the week, realistically moved by the trade deadline. So Rodney goes on to say, um, Paul Byron uh, flipping Ilya Kovalchuk, as you mentioned, um, Nate Thompson, uh, uh, Nick Cousins. And, and I, I guess uh, I, I, he talks about one of Scandella, um, uh, Victor Meta or Brett Kulak. I'd like to see the Canadians not only be about the, the return, but clearing the decks, clearing the paths, uh, so that, again, we were talking about earlier, um, creating a meaningful season. And the way that the season can be meaningful is clearing the road for some of the prospects to, to get more ice time, to get meaningful ice time, to get uh, more experience. And uh, Nate Thompson is, has been beloved, uh, Uncle Nate, um, but, uh, you know, there's a bit of a, a mythology. We talked about it before about, um, how he's contributing, um, not much on the offensive side and his defensive play has been atrocious. Um, even, uh, you know, face-offs have been good, even strength, uh, shorthanded, um, face-offs not good as, as well. He's about 47%, uh, at the face-off uh, circle while shorthanded. And moving a player like that, moving a player like Dale Weiss or Nick Cousins or Jordan Wheel, um, who doesn't defend well either, um, makes room for players and gives 
uh, important ice time to a Ryan Paling or a Jake Evans. Um, those that's that's the what, what you want to do for the rest of the season is bring up a, uh, and leave up a Lucas Vedemo who played very well when he was was up, uh, but yeah. just didn't get much opportunity. Uh, and that's how you can create uh, a, 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 a positive for the season going forward, uh, clearing out Brett Kulak and, and uh, even uh, Marco Scandella. Um, um, and, and also at the same time, and I've been saying this for a long time is, is creating more opportunity in Laval. You have uh, now Folin uh, there, you have uh, Wallat and Alsner clogging up the, the, the spots uh, and not allowing for the real prospects to develop. Uh, that would be, if if I was uh, Jeff Molson, that would be my direction to Mark Bergevin uh, ahead of the trade deadline. And I think that most Canadians fans have kind of resigned themselves to, to yeah, they're probably not going to make the playoffs at this point. But if the Montreal Canadiens have an active trade deadline where they're doing those sorts of things, where they're selling off and, and maybe accumulating more draft picks for this June or they're doing things with the future in mind. And, and I think that that's something that the Montreal Canadiens fans will at least, they'll, they'll have something to hang on to, some sort of hope for the future, in addition to already having guys like Nick Suzuki and, and Jesperi Kotkaniemi and, and all of those guys. So uh, it, it, it would position themselves to be a little bit more active, uh, hopefully, in uh, free agency over the summer, if you kind of clear the books a little bit of, of some of this money that, tied up in, in some guys that you, you don't really need uh, going forward. But regardless, I'm very excited to see where uh, Montreal kind of goes from here as it pertains to the trade deadline, because I think that that might be the, the last thing that you really kind of have to look forward to for the Montreal Canadiens for this season, at least is what are they going, if, if they're going to go down this Avenue of trading and selling off, then what's the first shoe to drop and, and when is it going to happen and, and what are they going to get in return? That's, that's kind of the game that I think is, is the most exciting for, uh, for Habs fans right now. Um, but yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see how things uh, turn out tonight. Uh, Montreal Canadiens, as we mentioned earlier in the show, they're winless in their last eight games. And tonight they are doing a, they're going to battle with the Ottawa senators and, uh, it's going to be the, the <laughs> matchup with, uh, Mike Riley and the Ottawa senators. So, uh, you have that to look forward to, the Mike Riley revenge game. Um, but other than that, you also have the Laval Rocket in action as well. So we're going to have a bunch of coverage on Twitter. Indeed so, we are. And, and yeah. in fact, uh, um, our AHL report uh, uh, team will be uh, in Allentown to, uh, to yeah. see the Laval Rocket take on the Lehigh Valley uh, Phantoms. Amy Johnson will be there. Uh, Chris G will be uh, covering from afar. He's our Laval, uh, excellent Laval reporter. Um, and uh, we'll have all kinds of coverage for you as uh, the Rocket uh, have a three and three um, this particular weekend uh, tonight um, against the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. The dreaded three and three, but uh, yeah, at least it'll be a lot of action to cover. And, uh, and certainly I think a lot of focus may be shifting in terms of the organization and maybe the fans as well from maybe this season for the Montreal Canadiens to maybe this season for the Laval Rocket and, and the future and what, what that might have uh, in store for the Montreal Canadiens. But uh, yeah, we're going to uh, say goodbye for another week here on the Canadiens Connection podcast. Um, 
But before we go, we'd like to say thank you for tuning in, and we'll be back with you next week at 1 p.m. Eastern, 2.30 Newfoundland time. And uh, certainly you can find this podcast, along with From the Press Box, on all your favorite podcasting platforms, including Overcast, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and Google Play. And uh, Rocket Sports Radio is proud to uh, have podcasts produced and hosted by uh, credentialed journalists. And uh, going forward, that will be the case. And you can find all of those on the platforms that I just mentioned, Overcast, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and Google Play. So uh, we'll be back next week, as I said, 1 p.m. Eastern, 2.30 Newfoundland time. And uh, thank you for tuning in to the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Habs Connection and visit allhabs.net.